Welcome to Ask a Broker, Episode 6. I'm your host, Scott Beckford. This is a show where Dustin Woodhouse and I answer your mortgage brokering questions. Whether you have questions on how to build or grow your mortgage business, this is a show for you. Here's how it works. Go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash ask, record a question, and if we answer your question on the show, we'll send you a sweet new I Love Mortgage Brokering t-shirt, courtesy of Lendesk. Today on the show, Scott Enns asks, do we have a strategy to book clients who, with lenders who pay renewals? It's a great topic, and Dustin and I unpack it on this show. Before we get started, I want to thank today's sponsor. Ask a Broker is sponsored by Lendesk. Lendesk is a mortgage technology company based out of Vancouver that has built an origination platform specifically for Canadian brokers. Lendesk removes the headache of assembling an application with your client. Think of it as the ultimate CRM and deal management tool. They're pre-launch, but I'm helping them refine the platform, and I can tell you it looks awesome. If you'd like to get early access to Lendesk with me, sign up at Lendesk.com to stay in the loop. As for the cost, let's just say it's going to be an easy decision. This is going to be a game changer. Hey, Dustin, how's it going today? Not too bad, Scott. How are you? Hey, question for you. What is the book that you have gifted the most to other people? Uh... Not your own book. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Take that one off the table. That can't be the... But, but, that probably is the one I've given away the most. Um, for brokers, I'd say probably The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. And for realtors, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent by Gary Keller. I keep the stock of those, and I love to give those to new realtors. Those are good. I, the two that I've given away are to realtors. I give away The One Thing by Gary Keller. That's his new one. And yep. I also have given away to entrepreneurs, business owners, a book called Rework. Yep. By and that book, I, I've read that book probably six or seven times, and totally love it. Yeah, I've I've probably read it uh, the same, and and you sort of just open it up in the middle and read a bit and bounce all over that book. It's a great little book. It is awesome. So today we have Scott Enns has asked us a question about renewals and looking at trailer model lenders, and should you do go with a trailer model or should you go with a basically? Well, let's listen to his question and we'll jump into our thoughts on it. So let's have a listen. Sounds good. Hey, Scotty. Hey, Dustin. It's Scott Enns calling from TMG in Regina. And my question is about the uh, trailer fee model that a couple of lenders will uh, will offer us. I think the mentality for most mortgage brokers is that when a client has their mortgage coming up for renewal, uh, we are able to switch them out to a different lender and uh, ideally have a, an additional income stream from existing clients. But the reality is that uh, with the, the strong retention team that some lenders have uh, and as well as the fact that sometimes at the end of the day for all the work that is involved in a client moving to a new lender they almost would have been better off to stay in where they were uh, sometimes i wonder does it make more sense to just put the majority or a substantial portion of your clients with a lender that has the trailer free model and then maybe you have the best of both worlds anyways that's all i got interested to hear what you have to say Okay, so what are your thoughts on Scotty's question? Well, let's break it out into uh, two topics. So you've got, should I use a trailer fee lender to begin with? And then there's another question to do with uh, what you're doing with your clients at renewal time. Should you be moving them at all, whether they're in a trailer fee model or not? The trailer fee model, in theory, I love. I always feel like I should have done so much more with trailer fee lenders over the years, uh, which I haven't just haven't gotten there. I think that you have to be very cautious about predetermining a lender you're going to place your clients with. Because let's face it, I mean, the trailer fee model 
it's a pretty limited number of lenders that offer that at this point. So it's not like you're a broker with 32 options anymore. If you're funneling through that lens of, I want to try and put as much as I can with a trailer fee or X percentage of my business with a trailer um, fee lender, it's changing your mindset a little bit. And uh, that, for me, I, I never want to get caught in that position where I'm leading by lender. I always want to lead by client. So I, I think that's one of the challenges. But but the other thing is, you know, statistically, if you look at your own book of business, I mean, I do see more than half of my clients, uh, certainly the ones who are in five-year products, uh, whether it's variable or fixed, more than half of them break that mortgage early for a variety of reasons. Uh, you know, you've got a 60% divorce rate within 10 years. 96% of businesses fail inside 10 years. Uh, you know, people get transferred from one province to another. They buy different property types that the lender may not like anymore. Uh, they change their income, which that type of income may no longer qualify with that specific trailer fee lender. There's not a lot of guarantee that, you know, just because they're a 5% down buyer that can't refinance, uh, that doesn't mean that they're going to make it to the finish line. Mm -hmm. So for me, trying to strategically plan client placement based on my compensation, uh, that feels a little bit too much like a solution for me and not necessarily the best solution for the client. So I, I try not to look at it from that perspective myself. So, it, hey, I mean, if it happens that this lender is the best solution for the client and they happen to have a trailer fee program, okay, I'm going to consider that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I don't know that it's quite the solution that we wish it was. It would be great if it was 98% of lenders were trailer fee model. And only 2% were not. I mean, I wish it was sort of spun on its head, but... I think it's like that more in Australia, from what I've heard. Their their mortgage industry is a little different than ours. Yeah, well, and I mean, it's it's appealing. And you'd think it would be appealing to, to lenders to some extent, because for the clients who do make it to maturity, you get into part two of, of, of this conversation. And that's, you know, our, our brokers churning their book. And I don't want to be a broker who's churning... His, their book of business, because again, it goes back to sort of my mantra of the day today here on this call. You need to be about solutions for your client, not solutions for you. And when your client comes up for renewal at Lender ABC, and Lender ABC sends out the standard renewal letter, you know, that's one, two, three, four, five tenths above the market rate. And you get all excited saying, oh, look at the horrible rate they've offered you. I can beat that. You're being very short-sighted. You know that that lender can offer a better rate. And you should know that that lender is going to offer that client a better rate. But again, statistically, 7 out of 10 Canadians sign the renewal letter without any kind of negotiation. So when you're a big bank with 650,000 mortgages on the books and 70% sign whatever offer you put in front of them. Are, are you going to keep offering your very best up front? Of course you're not. I mean, that's not how a corporation beholden to shareholders operates. You know, they're trying to squeeze value for shareholders. So only 30% of Canadians are even asking the question. And, uh, and those 30% ultimately are being offered a better rate. So if you know that that lender the client is with is going to get offered the same rate that you've got anyway, and you're just going to try and take them through the process, get all their documents, get the appraisal done, get them to the lawyers to sign, 
hoping that they don't discover that they could have that exact same rate with the current lender. I think that that's a fantasy plan. Like that, that's not real life. Like 90% of the time that lender is going to come after that renewal hard because again, on the lender side, the first 18 months of a mortgage are basically break even. So there the lender starts underwater, right? I mean, they've paid us, they've paid the underwriter, they've paid a lawyer on their side, they've got their operational expenses on a on a mortgage by mortgage basis. The the numbers vary, but what I've heard from a few different lenders uh somewhat consistently is it's about 18 months before they break even. So think about that when you have a client who's breaking the mortgage inside 18 months. You know, penalty or no penalty, you're costing that lender money. So, you know, the the clients who are flipping properties and that sort of thing, they're not really desirable in the eyes of the lenders. But when you get to renewal time, they don't have to pay a broker fee. They don't have to pay an underwriter a commission. You know, that's a much, much more profitable term of the mortgage. And because they're not paying those fees, they can get very aggressive on rate, as we're seeing. I mean, you know, you see different complaints pop up on the Facebook pages where a lender's offered a rate to a renewal client that we don't even have available to us. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they can afford to do that. And, you know, the client isn't our client and the client isn't the lender's client. Client's the client's client. And we're all trying to win their business. And just because the lender has a little more power uh, than we do, well, you can't begrudge them that. But you should be aware of that. With renewals in my own book, I can give you some numbers, actually. So in 2010, I processed $75 million worth of mortgages. I contacted pretty well every single one of my clients who was up for renewal in 2015. And our renewal business was about $15 million. So what happened to that other $60 million? Well, some of it was in two-year or three-year. Um, a lot of them, you know had life changes uh, midterm. Uh, there were a lot of different things that, that happened. But in the end, that was all that we actually wound up moving. And there were easily, there was easily another probably 15 to 20 million who made it to maturity, who I had conversations with. And basically that conversation went along the lines of, you know, hey, Dustin, they've offered us this rate. Mr. And Mrs. Client, there's a much better rate available. It's still available with that lender that you're working with. And really, you know, you're not looking for some new product that that lender doesn't offer. You've had good service there. If I did my job right, you should be happy with the lender you're with. There shouldn't be a reason to move you, you know, unless you fundamentally need a HELOC and that lender doesn't offer a HELOC or you're in a HELOC and you're just keep spending all the available money and you want to get out of a HELOC. Um, you know, as I say, unless there's a fundamental reason to, to move that mortgage to a new lender, which in about $15 million worth of business there, there was, for the other chunk, I wrote them a letter. I have a little template called rate match letter. It's already written. I just changed the date and the name at the top and uh, sort of fine tune whatever, you know, we have the, the conversation about should they do a, a two year, a three year, a variable, you know, what are they going to renew into? And then I send them that letter and they go back to their own lender and they're and nine times out of 10, actually probably 9.9 times out of 10, the lender matches the rate 
that I've offered them. And it short circuits the process. And I do this with brand new callers, not just with my own clients. You know, when someone calls me and their mortgage is currently, you know, with a bank that is very aggressive, that has great prepayment privileges, and there isn't really a strategic win for the client to move from that lender, again, I'll send them the letter because I'd sooner spend 10, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes on the phone with them, maybe get their email address, build a contact card, sign them onto my blog, give them that letter and lose them fast rather than work that file to the bitter end only to have that lender come out and match the rate or beat the rate with a rate you can't even touch. And the client's going, well, geez, my lender could have given me that all along and you know they could have. So why not just help them get it? Mm-hmm. That's good. Mortgage brokers, for the most part, we think we're in the rental business. We think we're renting our clients to the lenders and the banks and the lenders think they're in the buying clients business. So there's this like dichotomy between what we give them. We have, there's a client that goes in and we think it's our client. And then we believe it should be our client on renewal. And so, um, and I don't know how to fix that. I don't know what the, and I totally agree. I love the, I love the concept of renewal lenders. I haven't used a ton of them in the last few years only because I don't, somebody came to me and they said, what's your lender strategy? I'm like, I don't have a lender strategy. I have a client strategy. So what's my client need? <laughs> yeah. And then, then we put together a plan based on what the client. So you have to go in kind of open minded about the situation and then, you know, build a strategy around what the best for the client and then find the appropriate lender instead of being like, this is a lender I want to sell. And, uh, and then trying to figure out way to squeeze that client into there. Um, yeah. so I, I feel for me like that's just been, uh, and it's less stressful. I think the clients actually pick up on that too. I think they realize that you're like, Hey, you're actually looking out for me, right? You're not just trying to sell me, you know, a widget. Well, exactly. And you know, as a footnote on this topic, you know, I, I recognize that a lot of brokers do five-year fixed. And I, I get that. As I say, I, I struggle with that that product and that strategy a little bit, but we'll, we'll save that for a different conversation. Um, but one thing that I do think is important for brokers to check up on, don't automatically assume that because you're moving the client from a bank to a monoline, that that monoline uses the low, low penalty calculation. There are some different penalty calculations being used by non-chartered bank lenders that mirror an IRD big bank penalty. And um, I know a case of a broker just recently who wrote a check to his clients for $13,000 because he was wrong about how the penalty would be calculated. Mm-hmm. He, had, he had advised them it would be under 1% of the balance. Instead, it came back at closer to 4% of the balance, just like Big Bank would have. So to use the penalty argument as the reason to move away from Big Bank, just you know, make sure you double check exactly what that penalty calculation is with that specific lender. Mm-hmm. No, that's really good advice. Well, hey, Scotty, thanks for your question, and we'll be sending you a shirt. Anyone listening to this, if you have any questions you want us to tackle, go to askbroker.ca, record your question, and if we put it on the show, we'll Mundesk will send you a sweet ILMB Rocket My Mortgage Biz shirt. Thanks, Dustin. We'll talk soon. Thanks.